Open your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 6. It's even gooder. Um, aren't you glad I'm so educated? I uh, want to talk to you a kind of... Um, I, I, I guess I want to put two topics together tonight. Number one, I want us to look into the unseen world. And then number two, I want to look at this subject that will cover the text tonight. Overwhelmed, but not overcome. Overwhelmed, but not overcome. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Overwhelmed but not overcome. So in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse, I'm just going to start with verse number 12. I may skip a few. And one of, my, one of his servants said, None, my Lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet, that's in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. I love that. How in the world does he know what we're doing? Every time we go down there to win, to fight them, and we think we've got all of our central intelligence to, uh, agencies, got everything figured out, we know exactly where they are, exactly what they're going to do, and when we get there, they're not there, nothing's like it's supposed to be. How's that happening? It's happening once. It's happening twice. It's happening three times. And one of his servants came and said, I'll tell you, there's a prophet who goes to his bedroom and tells him everything. Everything you gonna do? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. That's that that go good on your resume. You know that. And then look, he said, "Go and spy where he is." Now the prophet, of course, you know, is Elisha. So he says, "Go find out where he's at. Go spy and find where he is. But I may send him, fetch him." And it was told him, saying, "Behold, he is in Dothan, not Alabama." <laughs> I used to make work in McDonald's in Dothan, Alabama. That's all I want to see of that ungodly place. <laughs> Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city by city about. And when the servant of the man of God, now listen, he took Gehazi's place, remember? Gehazi messed up. Gehazi would probably have been the man here, but no, he's, he's training him a young prophet now to take over as, as his successor. And notice what he said. When the servant of the Lord of the man of God was risen early, gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servants said unto him, Last, my master, how shall we do? And in our talk, it said, What in the world are we going to do? And he answered, fear not. Don't you love this passage? For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he might see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. 
And Elisha said to them, see, God did answer prayer here. You understand that? He asked God, he said, blind them, God blinded them. And Elisha said to them, this is not the way, neither is this a city. Follow me, and I'll bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. Now, there's more to that story, but I want us to look tonight at just a little while into the unseen world. And then before we leave here tonight, I want you to notice that even though you're overwhelmed, you are never overcome. Okay? Let's bow in prayer tonight. Lord, it's a privilege to ever open up the Bible, to personally read it, to personally study it, but God, it's such a privilege and an honor to be able to preach it, and so I pray, God, tonight you'll help me to do so in a, I know our people are tired, they've, they've had a long week, they've worked hard, um, they've been faithful uh, to be here at all our services morning, night. Some took vacation, some uh, uh, took hours off from their work and, and all kinds of ways they was able to get here. And God, that, that honors you and I, I pray you'll honor them for doing it. So God, help me not to bore them tonight and help me not to keep them too long so that they'll be excited about coming back on Wednesday night. For it's in Jesus' name, amen. Now, we need to set this story up just a little bit. You remember they were building a school for the prophets, and Elisha worked a miracle by making the axe head float. You say, nobody can do that. Yes, he did. And God said, throw in a stick. And when he did, it floated. It floated. That speaks of the cross. Something that they say can't be done. You can't know you're forgiven. You can't know you're going to heaven. But God threw in the cross, and now we know it. Now we know it. So, now the king of Syria, he wars against Israel. Took counsel with his servants. He said they'll be in such and such a place. That's where they're going to be camped. But the man of God, that's Elisha, sent to the king of Israel saying, Beware, don't pass that place for the Syrians will come down. So they go there and they're going to capture them and they're nowhere to be found. Because Elisha heard from God. God said, go tell him. And he wasn't there. And so they lost that. They had no battle to win. And then the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him. And the scripture says he saved himself there not once or twice. In other words, as he listened to Elisha, he was constantly being spared. Syria could not win. Syria could not conquer. They were, they were overwhelmed. They were all around them, but they never could get to them because he was listening to the prophet. Now, one thing I'm glad of, um, Naaman is not mentioned here. I'd be real disappointed if he was, wouldn't you? Because the, the last thing, one of the last things we've learned is that Naaman, who was a Syrian commander, remember that? Naaman, who was a Syrian commander, came down and he dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the word of Elisha. And the Bible said that the leprosy left him. He came out 
clean. He was willing to give everything he had because he knew salvation could not be bought. Elisha taught him that. Gehazi tried to reverse that and God messed him up too. So God blessed Elisha with such a knowledge that's unbelievable. And so it would be real surprising if we saw Naaman's name mentioned here and the king's council was not with his commanders, but the Bible says his servants. It, I, I'm glad it don't say he met with his commander Naaman. I'd be so disappointed, wouldn't you? Here the man got saved, changed, an idolater, a pagan, someone who had no use for Jehovah God, and all of a sudden he has this leprosy that nobody can cure, nothing can cure, nothing can fix, and he comes and dips seven times in Jordan, and he comes out a cured, healed man. Folks, I would be disappointed if Naaman had been in this crowd. But he wasn't, we're not told. So the illustration here is to our enemy, Satan, and his careful laid out plot to ambush us. Now, don't you remember, write these things down. I'm going to move fast, all right? First of all, when Satan, who is our greatest enemy, he has a carefully laid out plot to ambush you. Say, 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 the Satan is trying to ambush me. He is. If you didn't say it, he still is. He's trying to ambush you. You see, he knows our ways. I think it was Brother Bob this week who said that Satan cannot read your mind, and I've told you that myself. I do not believe the devil can read our mind. That's why I don't pray out loud sometimes, because I don't want the devil to know what I'm saying to God. Because I want our plans between me and God to take the devil by surprise, not the devil's tactics to take me by surprise. So that's what happens here. It, it, old Satan comes. He has a carefully laid out plan to ambush him. And so the first way you deal with that is you understand he always will use a surprise tactic. You can see that in verse number eight. He thought that he would just come up with a surprise tactic and he would win the battle. The only problem is, is you cannot surprise God. God never had a surprise. And so God knew exactly what to tell Elisha to tell him. And so he lost that battle. Listen to me, young people. Listen to me, older people. The Satan has a well-designed scheme to snatch you, to trip you, to mess up your life. He has a plot to ruin you. And he will do it when you're least expecting it. He will do it when you think it can't happen to you. It will be a surprise tactic. So, Write these verses down, 1 Timothy 3, verse number 7, uh, 1 Timothy 6, verse number 9, 2 Timothy 2, verse number 26. They realized uh, in all these verses uh, that there was plots, snares, as the scripture calls them, to be able to mess up God's children. And, and, and sometimes he'll get us to even, he, he'll, he'll attack our mind and we're not ready for it. 
Our mind's not been prepared with the scripture. Our mind's not been prepared with prayer. Our mind's not been prepared by obedience. And all of a sudden, he has a surprise tactic and knocks you in the dirt. And the next thing you know, you're getting up out of the dirt, but you don't get back to Jesus for quite some while. Remember, they're surprise tactics. Number two, the devil is persistent. There will be several tries. Not only surprise tactics, but there's several tries. Look at verse 10. I mean, he just kept going. He didn't quit. He's like the devil. You know, the devil never quits. Somebody said, there ain't no good thing you can say about the devil. Yes, it is. He's not lazy. Right? He works day and night. And so... In 1 Kings 20, they had been sorely defeated by Israel. And here they are back again because Satan is persistent in his attacks. He keeps coming back and back and back and back. He keeps coming back. I think in Luke chapter 4, verse 13, when Jesus came out of those 40 days of temptation, the Bible said when the devil had finished all temptation, he departed from him for a season. He wasn't done with Jesus. He wasn't through with Jesus. He'd be back. He'd come again, and he'd come again, and he'd come again. Listen to me, folks. Just because you win one victory with the devil and, and, and he don't catch you off guard and you realize what he's doing doesn't mean there won't be another one coming. So there will be there were several tries, but number three or number uh, if you're keeping letters a, a real outline it would be see uh, the scared techniques in verse fourteen. He wants to scare you to death. He wants to scare you out of your sandals, and so that's what he does in verse number fourteen. Look at it. Therefore he sent he thither horses and chariots, great host, means a whole bunch of people. And they came by night and compassed the city. This is the city where Elisha is. Here they are by night, all the Syrian armies. We got him now. We got him now. Now we're going to surprise him. Now we're going to trick him. Now we're going to take his life. We're going to scare the living daylights out of this prophet who whispers to the king's ear the words he gets from God. You see, the devil likes to intimidate. Did you know that? The devil actually cannot hurt you. The only way the devil can hurt you is if God allows him and he only can hurt you if it's filtered through the grace of God. Do you understand that? But sometimes God does allow you to be filtered through the grace of God. And even though you're overwhelmed, you're never overcome. I have prayed for thee, Peter. I prayed for thee, Peter, that thy faith Fail not. Why? Because Satan desires to have you, that he may sift you like wheat. That's what he wants for you, what he wants for me. He wants to shake us up, get us messed up, and there we're gone and no use to God. And so there's the scare techniques. Remember his plot. Remember his counterplots. And 
Folks, listen to me. Recognize those plots. Don't try to say, no, I guess I'm just reading something into this. It's not there. Listen, when you see something that you know the devil is doing, remember, he's got sense enough to do it. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. That's the New Testament. Flip over there, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I want to show you a verse that I hope will help you, all right? 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Now, this don't say what some people think it says. Some people think that this verse means that God won't put any more on you than you can bear. That's not true. In fact, most of the time, God puts a whole lot more on you than you can bear. You say, why does he do that? So you'll let him bear it. That's why. That's why. Because you can't bear it. I can't bear it. You can't bear it. There's no, nobody that's spiritual enough to bear it. The only one who can bear it is Jesus. But now, don't you look in verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you. That means overtaken you, overwhelmed you. But such is his common demand. So don't run around saying, y'all just don't understand. I'm so depressed. Nobody understands. Let me tell you something. Everything's ever happened to you has happened to somebody else. Don't whine about what's going on in your life because you really get the full stuff. You may ask for your old life back. Truth of the matter is, he says, there is no temptation taken you, overwhelmed you, but such is his common demand. In other words, it's happening all the time. And look, but God is faithful. And say that with me. God is faithful. Who will not suffer. That word means he will not tolerate you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You see, God don't take that burden off necessarily. He does sometimes. But sometimes he leaves the burden on because the burden will cause you to back out on him. But if you see a way out, you see an exit sign. God said, come this way and you can get out of this thing and you go that way, then the burden that's on you don't overwhelm you. You can overcome it. That's what he's saying right here. The second thing I want you to notice is the panic. I want you to notice the panic. We see the plot. Now we see the panic. Verse 15. This young servant was new on the job. He took Gehazi's place and soon as um, you throw your hat into God's services, the devil starts to work on you. I told Chris when he came to work here, I said, Chris, let me tell you something, son. There's a dirty side to church. And I think he thought that'd just be about every now and then. Now he's figured out there's a dirty side to church about every day. There's a dirty side to church. You know why? Because we got dirty side to us. And when we allow a dirty side to get dirty, it affects the church. And so here was somebody that was learning to be able to take over and be the leader. And God had promised him that nothing could 
beat him out of that. So in verse number 15, this young servant walks out. He'd never seen anything like this in a line. He never faced this kind of situation. There all over the hills, all over the hills, there's chariots and there's horses and there's hordes of armies all over there. All the Syrians has overtaken them and they're down there by themselves. And he goes in, master, master, there's something going on you need to see. He don't get upset. He don't get excited. He don't do anything. He stayed as calm as he could be. Why? Because he knew some things that this young man didn't know. It, it tickles me about nowadays when, when tornadoes is, is, you know, there can be a tornado in San Francisco and we start getting ready out here, you know. And 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 they turn the news on, and for four hours they're talking about one tornado that touched down in somebody's field and and killed a pig. That's all that happens. And so folks just panic, panic. I remember coming home, and it was a storm going on two or three years ago, and and that that was when the kids, my grandkids, was little, and and I hit the door, and and here comes Sophie, and she said. Come on, get in here. Get in our safe place so you won't get hurt. So I said, where's the safe place? She said, this closet right here. And there was a vacuum cleaner in there, (laughs) towels in there, wash rags in there, pillowcases in there, bed sheets in there, dirt in there, roaches in there. And that was a safe place. Folks, the safe place is not to panic when the enemy has overwhelmed you. You say, why? How could you not keep to? Well, let me show you why. Here's how you remain calm. First of all, you make sure you keep your mind above his lie. Isaiah 26, 3, write it down. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That crowd out there has got nothing on God, young man. That's why I'm not upset. That's why I'm calm because my God is bigger than all of those little termites surrounding us out there. So that's the first thing. You make sure you remain calm by keeping your mind above his lie. He knew where to keep his mind, Elisha did, because one with God is a majority. You all with me? So in 1 John 4, 4, he said, greater is he that's in you than he was in the world. So who was in the world? The Syrians. Right? Got them all. I mean, listen, there's no possible way they can get out of this thing alive. They have them overwhelmed. And all of a sudden, the scripture tells us that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So all that mess around them that had the whole town scared to death, he remained calm because he had somebody in him that was greater than everything around him. I'm going to have to say that again because y'all didn't understand it. 
You see, he had someone in him that was greater than everything around him. You need to put, you need to draw that circle at your house and write on it. This is overwhelmed, and right in the center, we overcome. Mm. So that's how you remain calm. Uh, Ephesians six twelve uh, tells us that, that we're to stand. We don't back up. We don't run. We stand. He knew what the motives was of this Syrian army. He knew there was a great host against him. But then he said, God, open this boy's eyes and let him see what I don't have to see. I don't have to see him, God, because I already know what's out there. But he had never seen it. He don't know what's out of this world. He don't know what's out there that he can't see. He don't know who's standing beside him and all around him. God, would you just open his eyes and let him see what I can see? And the Bible said he opened his eyes, and when he did, there was an even greater host surrounding that host. And I think that old boy felt a little bit better. And so he could have breakfast now. In Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. I believe in angels, and I believe that angels is for the saints. Listen, listen to me. Angels does not minister to us. In a way, that's blasphemy. Who ministers to us? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost lives in us. He ministers to us. But Hebrews 1.14 says that the angels minister for us. In other words, the angels goes out there and kicks that crowd's behind that is trying to overwhelm us with his temptations. Y'all, y'all understanding this? You see, folks, look, look around. You don't see them, but around you, there's a, God sends a few special ones for me. I stay in trouble so much. You, you probably get some, get some of them. I know some of you, you probably got some extra ones around you. But I thank God he does. And that's why the angels is having trouble. They don't understand my salvation, but they do understand my protection. Amen. Know with that? So he knew what his motives were. He also, he knew not to be moved. Don't panic anymore. Don't retreat anymore. Romans 8.31 said, Is God before us who can be against us? You don't stand. You don't run. I mean, you don't run. You don't panic. You don't get scared anymore. You stand where you stand because even though you're overwhelmed, you're not overcome because greater is he that's in you than everything that's around you. That's what he said. What he says. So young servants, young people of God, Maybe sometimes you're smarter than we are. But you young servants who've had the privilege to know what you've been taught tonight, and you've got a weak believer that you know, you need to go to them and say, listen, don't be afraid. You've got some folks going to go. You've got some people around you going to school tomorrow people can't see. And when you go to work tomorrow, don't be afraid. Take your stand for Jesus because there are some people around you folks can't see. 
That's what he's saying tonight. Now, here's the third thing, and I'll be done. I'll be done. Remember your protection. Remember his, your protection. We, we need to understand that we remember his plots. There's many. We remember not to panic. And thirdly, we remember his protection. Note how the army and the servant Elisha was protected. The army was the prophet's warning for protection. The servant needed the prophet's wisdom for protection. Elisha didn't need it because he knew it. But folks who did need it was those who didn't know it. You know somebody tonight who lives their life falling to temptation, falling to temptation, falling to temptation, never getting the victory, never overcoming, always seeming to fall under the bus, and nobody has to throw them under the bus. They just crawl under the bus. You know somebody like that? Why don't you take them out and show them this passage in the Bible and tell them that when the servants of God come to tell you that there is wisdom, and that wisdom is you're protected because greater is he that's in you and he was in the world. And so the army was prophet's warning for protection. The servant was the prophet's wisdom for protection. And Elisha was prophet's warfare for protection. So what do you mean? The prophet was a fighter. You remember when Elisha died and then when later, I mean, when Elijah died and later when Elisha come on the scene, you remember what they called him? The chariot of Israel. Folks, do you know the greatest defense that this country has is people who has him in us, which is greater than anything around us. I'm not afraid of Russia. Because I got somebody greater in me and take care of Russia. Let that old bear wake up if he wants to. Let him gobble his way down into the valley of Armageddon. Let him go on down there. Let him go on down there. Let that red army come across the Euphrates with their thousands and thousands of men. Let them come on. Let them come on down there. Let that southern crowd from Africa fill up the valley of Armageddon. Let them come. Let the Antichrist rise, saying, I'll defeat them all. And about that time, Jesus shows up and said, Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And we win. We win. Oh, thank God for the prophet's warning. Thank God for the prophet's wisdom. Thank God for the prophet's warfare. He taught him this. Number one, you get the helmet of your salvation. That protects your mind. Protects your mind, okay? Then you take the sword of the Spirit. That makes it clear that the message was right. What I've told you tonight's right. All you got to do is pick up your sword. It's right. Number three, prayer Method was right. Pick up your book. Get on your knees. Pick up the sword of the Spirit and stand because greater is he that's in you and he that's in the world. There's sometimes we see protection, sometimes we don't. Sometimes 
You see that catch? That's pretty cool, isn't it? It's kind of funny that they sent a whole army to get one prophet. I think that's amazing. Whole army to get one prophet. <laughs> you see, Satan fears the saints a whole lot more than we think he does. He roars, but he can't chew. I, I guess I'm going to say it again because y'all didn't get it. He roars. Why? Because that scares you. He roars. But he cannot eat you. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So it's a kind of funny thing that Satan fears the saints and yet the saints don't fear God. You know how Wilson County has survived? Because of a few saints, just a little salt, just a little bit left, just a little light, just a little bit. That's what's protected Wilson County. Oh, you say, no, man, we're the second, we have the second largest income per capita in the state of Tennessee. And we've got jobs everywhere and our people's making good money and they're building new houses. But I can remember just a few years ago when it wasn't like that. The bottom fell out in 2008. And whole contractors fell by the wayside one by one, one by one, one by one. You got to remember, we don't live by Wall Street. We live by Jesus' word. So one more Dothan is mentioned, and that's when Joseph was taken there. Well, you say that don't seem fair. I like it. I got a, I, I got a note. I got an email. I don't even know who it come from. It said, you don't know me. You don't know anything about me. It was a lady. She signed just her first name. That's all I know. And she said, you don't know me, but I want you to know that you and Hillcrest is making a difference in this community. And said, I just want you to know, don't you quit. Because you're getting a whole lot more done than you think you are. The devil fears those of us who are not afraid of him. So, Joseph went down there. And God protected him all the way to Dothan. You know why? Because God wanted Joseph to save the whole nation. You know why? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. When the famine came, you know what? They didn't have to worry. You know why? Had Joseph right in the middle of them. What about you tonight? Have you been overcome with overwhelming odds, seems like everything's against you. There's no way to get out. Uh, Maybe in a certain area of your life, you just can't win. Uh, It may be sexual. It may be financial. uh, It may be material. It may be all, you just can't get over that 
home. You just have to keep buying. You just have to keep giving in. You just seem overwhelmed. Do these three things. Recognize the plot. There was a plot to put you in that situation. Number two, resist the panic. Remain calm because greater is he that's in you. He that's in the world. You know what? He can pay your income tax. Yeah. You might have to go fishing, but he can pay your income tax. Yeah. You, you don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? He can pay your income tax. Now, I won't have to have a whale for him to pay mine. I'll have to go whale hunting with a harpoon to be able to pay mine. But he can do it. Don't panic. Number three, remember you have protection all around. It's not going to leave you. It's not going to rise up against you. You've got angels walking with you to knock everything out of the way that's not the will of God so you can walk in the path of God if you choose to. Them angels will knock everything out of the way so you can walk in the will of God. But if you choose not to walk in the will of God, you're going to get off here in the weeds somewhere. And the angels are saying, listen, I got you a place cleared out over here. If you get over here, you can walk in the will of God. But if you stay over there, you're going to be defeated. 